shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine In the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name we're afraid. Amen. I welcome everyone again. Uh, if you're online, you know, adjust yourself so that you don't, you don't lie on your bed, so you don't sleep. You get me? Uh, adjust yourself properly so that uh, you can uh, uh, receive everything that God wants to bless us with today, this morning. Amen. Uh, this morning I'm going to be teaching. I'm going to be teaching, so uh, uh, God will grace us, God will help us. Uh, like I've said, uh, uh, our New Year resolution is to finish on time. Uh, amen. So uh, we've been successful so far. I think we finished on time yesterday in the Bible study. Uh, normally we go to 8.30 or 9 o'clock, so that's the range. We finished before 9. Uh, so And for us here, it's 1.30. Uh, so uh, and the thing is that with the way this year is going is a year of teaching so it doesn't mean it's not like we have to if the thing by one thirty, you know you, have, you can round yourself up you get me and next time you're on the pupit you continue where you stopped you get me <laughs> because the teaching the continuous teaching process this year amen uh, praise the name of the Lord let's open our Bibles to first Peter chapter 2 Uh, this may be a little after SOS. This may be a little bit of a familiar scripture for us. <laughs> Amen. First uh, Peter chapter two. Uh, from verse one, actually, I'm starting from verse one because Peter really, Peter. Uh, by the time Peter was writing this is a epistle, Peter was not the man that was struggling with God in the book of Acts. It was a different man. How do I know it? He was only talking about Paul. Not so. That's <laughs> why uh, talking about Paul. Which, those, the things that Paul speak about, that people who are unlearned are not able to, you get me. So it means that Peter had gone through a process by the time he was writing this book. That in fact he has understood all that Paul, all the revelation of Christ that Paul had been teaching. Praise the name of the Lord. He has what? He has understood all the revelation of Christ that Paul has been teaching. Um, I, I want to just show us that scripture. I think is this Second Peter now? Second Peter chapter three. Yes, let's go there and see that. You can see that this man, the man that was writing this book of Peter, was a man who has almost come to the incorruptible. Yeah, in fact, he had. By the, by the things he was saying. No, Paul wasn't talking about incorruptible the way Peter was talking about it. There was still, there was still a capstone, a head thing that God gave Peter at the end. Yeah. Even though it was a struggle. <laughs> but there was still something as Peter, as, it's like Peter was watching Paul correcting himself then after a while God gave him a cap outgrew him God gave him a capstone of it that which is the incorruptible seed 
Amen. So uh, is that Second uh, Peter chapter three? Verse 16. Okay. Okay, so I'll start from 15. It says, Second uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 15. It says, An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother, our beloved brother Paul. So, it, you know, before, you know, Paul even was saying, all the time he was arguing with Peter, calling Peter out. <laughs> you get me? Peter was, and to me, when I pick up, Peter was a stubborn boy. <laughs> but God, God is like, God stretched Peter, walked with him. God did not give up. God walked with Peter until he won. <laughs> and won fully. That even gave him a, a head, a headstone on top. So, so it means that the way Peter is speaking near now, he has finished, that means he has, he has almost, he has humbled himself. He has acknowledged all that Paul has been saying. <laughs> Our beloved Peter, brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, had written unto you. It means he has read it. Meaning Peter, Peter was studious. Peter had read Paul's epistles and he, he also grew by them. Unto, uh, 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 it says, uh, Paul, our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, had written unto you, verse 16, as also in all his epistles, all his epistles, Peter had read all the epistles of Paul. Peter had come into, as, on, as, as engaged in all the epistles of Paul, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things had to be understood. Which day that are unlearned and unstable rest. Rest with. You know, Peter was one of them before. <laughs> it was one of the people who was wrestling with these things before. So, Peter had gone through. Let me tell you something, actually. A man, if you have suffered to gain something, is almost to me, is more sealed than if they just gave it to you like that. You know the pain you went through to gain it. So Peter could understand, could discern that it, because I wrestled with these same things that Paul was saying. Mm-hmm. Peter could, after coming out of the wrestling, he could discern his problem. His problem was that he was unlearned, <laughs> that's so, and he was unstable. And a clear evidence that Peter was unstable before was. Is an unstable man that we see the Lord and say, No, Lord. <laughs> he doesn't have stability. He's an unstable man that we see the Lord and then we say, No, Lord. If this is not stable, then, but so he knew, he knew what his problem was. He has come out of it and he has even gone ahead. Is a wish that which are unlearned and unstable rest as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Verse 17, it says, Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, and beware lest all ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Then, you know, as Femina mentioned about grace, verse 18 says, But grow in grace, mm-hmm. and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. It means that 
those are the two that grow in grace and in the knowledge of our it means grow in grace and truth and they go hand in hand as you grow in truth grace brings the spice to it grace brings the utterance to it grace brings the countenance to the truth meaning the behavior of it the attitude of the truth is that like grace is the personality of the person grace brings the personality the mannerism of the truth so after you've known the truth you also need to come into grace to now know how to live the truth it's grace that gives the let's say the holy scriptures which is able to make thee wise unto salvation so the holy scriptures is able to give you the truth then from the truth will come the grace. It's the grace that will give you that. The grace is that wisdom unto salvation. How you would, how you would manner your life. How you would apply the truth of how to live in wisdom unto salvation. Praise the name of the Lord. So, what I went through that process just to establish that Apostle Peter, by the time he's writing First Peter and Second Peter. He was a different man. He was a man who was now learned and stable. A man who, in fact, at this dimension was higher than Paul in terms of revelation and stature at this place where he was, at the point where he was writing. Maybe that's why he didn't write any other epistle. <laughs> because if he was written any other epistle, he would have been writing some things. But by the time Peter wrote his epistle, Peter was a perfect man. And so, when he was writing, the reason I'm going through that process is that when you come to First Peter chapter 2, it almost sounds like the book of Hebrews, the way he begins to write. Because Peter is now writing about the progression from milk to strong meat. That's what he's beginning to say, what he begins to write in First Peter chapter 2. Let's see it. Let's just see verse 1 and 2. You see, it starts with milk. Verse 1 to 3 is a discussion, is a milk discussion. 1 Peter chapter 2, I believe we are there. So if you are online, you have your Bible, you follow. Amen. And so we can follow together and be blessed. Amen. 1 Peter chapter 2 from verse 1, it says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice, all guile, and hypocrisies, and envies, and evil speakings. Verse 2, as newborn babes. It started from the very beginning. This first Peter chapter 2, you know, some of us were who are following SOS, Reverend Major Donit, where he was talking about stones. But before he started mentioning stones, he had to address babies. So first, you are first a baby. The moment you start becoming a stone, you are coming into the dimensions of maturity in Christ. Amen. I believe someone is being blessed today. The moment they begin to talk about stones, lively stones, you are coming into the dimensions of the maturity in Christ. Amen. Are we ready this morning? I'm going to take my time with this because a lot of meat is here, a lot of study is here. It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes, Newborn babes. What does newborn mean? Born again. Newborn. Newborn. Born again. It means uh, because before you are born again, you are dead. You are an unbeliever, you are dead. 
So, that means you are nothing. You don't exist. In the realm of life, you don't exist. The Bible says God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. It means unbelievers don't exist. <laughs> Where God is counting people that the living. Where God is wants to do censors. To do census, it doesn't count all believers as part of census. So then, the moment you recount them, you now call them newborn baby. So somebody that they just gave birth to a baby, they now add the baby among the living. They will add the baby to the census. Huh? And you know, it's in the early stage of life that you are most vulnerable. By the time a, a baby starts becoming mature. Like my daughter, who is almost five years old, there's a trust I have. Like sometimes, even sometimes, you can leave her a little bit somewhere. But the other one, the boy who is two years old, you can't leave him. Do you get me? It means that because she has a bit more, she has her intellect has developed a little bit. There's a bit more trust. You will just know as a parent, you will just know that, oh, this one, you know, there's there are some places you can leave her in the house and you'll be okay. You'll not have any feeling of anything inside. Whereas the boy be wondering, ah, where is Xavier? Where is Xavier? Where is Xavier? <laughs> In five minutes, I don't say, where is Xavier? Where is Xavier? <laughs> 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 He's in the toilet, playing with water. He's doing something. I'm not going to be doing something funny. <laughs> so it means that newborn babies are most susceptible to die. Hmm. Mm. That's why it's until you go through maturity, learning of Christ. Do you get me? That they will now really say you have life. Do you get me? Life unto eternal life. The life that will make you almost unturnable. Yeah, but as a newborn babe, that's why when there's no one saved forever saved. As a, if you're a newborn babe and you're still a baby, one day you can vex for God. Do you get me? And stray away from the path and kill your spirit again. It doesn't happen. I think we've talked, we've touched on this many times. It doesn't happen immediately. I remember many, 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 maybe two, I think it's 2010 or 2009 when uh, Pastor Jeff from Ottawa, then he was in Winnipeg. He came to Calgary. So I went to visit him in Calgary. I was doing working in the summer from Calgary. And he was staying in the Caucasian man's house. And, um, you know, just maybe just general light talk. He found out the Caucasian used to be a Christian because he said he was a Christian. How long ago? He said the Christian, the Caucasian said he was a Christian for 20 years. But then all of all, but most of those saying he wasn't understanding what they were saying in church, but he just thought there was nothing there. He thought there was nothing there. He thought that why is the world the way it is if there's a God? So he left the church. Amen. And now he has become an atheist. And not just a simple atheist, a strong atheist. <laughs> it is the. <laughs> Try to convince Pastor Jeff that, that this part is not smooth. That I have spent 20 years. What happened? So it means for you can be a baby for 20 years. He was not understanding anything. He was a baby for 20 years. As long as you are a baby, you are you need you are you need to be watched all the time. You are in danger of death. You are in danger of death. As long as you are a baby. And that death is that, meaning killing your spirit man again. When you do despite to the spirit. When you begin to hate, maybe because of the pressures of this world. You cave into the world. 
and you go the way of the world and over time you despise God and you become an enemy of God even in your heart. So yes, there is no one saved forever saved. A baby can kill himself again. If he hates God, if by the way, if and this world, no, no, I hated God when he just hated God. He he loved this world, and this love, this world, they are teachers. If you journey in this world too much, just as we progress, then we can enter perfect light of God. There's also a perfect light in this world that will perfect the hatred of God inside a man. If not so, men came to a point in the book of Revelations that they had the mark of the beast. 666. That God says there's nothing to save anymore in this man. They are gone. They've perfected the hatred of God. Exactly. So a man can perfect the hatred of God that Holy Ghost will leave the man. And when once Holy Ghost leaves your spirit, you go back to dead. He was the one who was making your spirit life. The Bible says, he who is joined with the Lord is one spirit with him. And they call him the spirit of life. You don't have life. You have life because it came into you. The moment you receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the reason why you have the life. He came into you. The moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you hate God too much, overdo it. It doesn't happen, so it doesn't happen in one day. If you stretch out too much, you hate God too much. He can't stay. The environment is not conducive. You, when you make, when you hate God too much, when you stretch yourself out in this world too much, you are now make, becoming a temple of Satan and being prepared as a habitation for the dragon. Mm-hmm. And Holy Ghost cannot stay in the temple of Satan. Not so the Bible says, what concord does Christ with Belial? <laughs> and what agreement does the temple of God with idols? If you allow that process to... If you, this world is dangerous, please. Even if we just start here, this world is dangerous. In 2021, if you are hearing me today, don't joke with this world. We can use the things of this world. I use iPad. I have iPad. Uh, I have TV. I have car. Well, if the iPad lost, I'll not kill myself. <laughs> uh, for a long time, many years, I was not having iPad. The story to buy iPad. The children for this. <laughs> Because what happened to our last iPad was that it just got it just disappeared somehow. It just got lost. We we, 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 we got that start out it just got lost. And me, I was really thanking God because I was getting tired of the things. It was becoming a distraction. <laughs> so I was in no haste at all to buy a new one. <laughs> so and you know, sometimes if maybe it was ten years ago, iPad lost. Yeah, you will see me. I start feeling like I start disturbing. I said, "Did you see my iPad? I did that. Can you check your house? Maybe I left it to you." <laughs> I did not call anybody. I, not <laughs> I was happy that the thing was going. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But don't worry, we bought another one recently, you know? <laughs> so that the children can be playing with it. <laughs> so it's not that the you know the things in this world, you can use them, but use them for use for the purpose, the use sake. For use. Amen. I was just saying someone during the week about even car. That last last, the purpose of a car is, is useful, not so? Mm-hmm. To take you from home to work, home to church, home to fellowship. Do you get me? Home to the store and back. Especially in this kind of cold. Yeah. is useful. Yeah. 
But what's the use to take you from home to work, church, fellowship? So if the car is Ford or the car is Acura, <laughs> it's all movement. All of it is what? Is movement. I don't remember when you guys were trying to buy this your last car, you know, there was a discussion. Still doing it. Amen. But last, last is for reason of use. Yes. So if God gives you a greater means and you feel okay, you want to get a SUV, maybe because it's higher. No problem. I'm not saying don't buy SUV. Yeah. Uh, if God gives you, if, but if God cuts your coats according to your size, you know, yes, me. They want to not stress you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you only have in your bank account six thousand dollars, don't go and use the whole six thousand dollars to buy car because you must buy SUV. <laughs> And that's what I am saying. I was like, so, save three, use three thousand, and find a sedan until God empowers you more. <laughs> because last time is for reason of use. Movement. Because imagine if you use the six thousand dollars to buy the SUV, we may not see you in fellowship for some time because of the concern of the bank account. <laughs> You got to extra shit and you go and be you'll be stressed out for extra jobs, second of second jobs, you know all that kind of things. Because because of the struggle of the bank account. Are you saying because so it means that anything that is going to that is going to affect your work and mm-hmm. is becoming vanity yes. to you. I can have a rich church and it's not vanity to me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it did not stress me mm-hmm. to get it. Maybe someone won't give it to me. It can be the finest retrot on earth, but I got it for free, so it's not, <laughs> it's not vanity. Yeah, yeah. Anything that touches the soul, oh, yeah. tingles a song in the soul, brings a control, brings a depression yeah. because of lack thereof, is a vanity. So the vanity is about touching strings in the soul. It's not about whether you own it or don't own it. It's about the strings, the affection, the affection that you have for it in the soul. The movement in the bowels that it moves inside your soul. Anytime you are thinking of it. Mm. That when you don't have it, you feel you have lack. Mm. That's vanity. Amen. Mm. One thing I found over the time is that, let's say for example, let me just use car example. Let's say for example, the dream car you want is a Nissan. And this is how God dealt with me. This is how God got there with me. God will make sure that it's not Nissan I will buy. Ah. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a, it's a problem. That's all. Do you know why? It's because Nissan is singing a song in my soul. Yes, sir. <laughs> and that is the problem. Buy me, buy me. Buy me? <laughs> so if you check it out, the different central, this and this, thing, the way it's moving, the other thing moves, the thing is too smooth. <laughs> you can't help me. You <laughs> can't when the car is coming close, the thing do is beep, boom, boom. Yeah, I say, wow. It is we sing it tunes inside your soul, and that is the problem. The problem is the tunes, is the song that is singing in your soul, is the affection that is ringing in your soul, not the car itself. 
So somewhere, God will always make sure that I get something that is not singing in my soul. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. All the time. And he, he never misses that. If he really, if he really loves you, that's how he will deal with you. He always make sure you will get the thing that will not that doesn't have any affection. So when I got my SUV, is Hyundai. I say I don't in it, <laughs> and it's in a served. No, not one day did I have a problem with the car. Not not one day. It has served eight years. Again, twenty twelve. It looks it's it looks like it is going to go forever. And what's the purpose of car? Use the one that will serve you. Then it's now recently. I did go and return to help everybody car. Now found that Nissan Rogues they actually have a transmission issue. Yeah. Uh, that it will cost five thousand dollars to replace. Imagine if I now bought that Nissan, I'll now spend another five thousand dollars to fix the transmission. Why? Because all because we're singing song in my soul. So vanity is anything that touches the strings of your soul, that is not from God. That is a tin. Anything that is in the flesh, in the body, it touches strings of your soul. Amen. Is, is a vanity. Amen. So, First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 2 says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk, sincere, the sincere milk of the world, that ye may grow thereby. So immediately they get a, a child born again. They get a man born again. The next thing that heaven is thinking is how do we get this baby to start growing? Because right now, as a baby, all it thinks is carnality, vanity. It doesn't have a choice. It's just how it is. Because it just came from the world and was born again. So the next phase is how do we begin to get you, your soul, to what? To grow. And there's a reason why Peter is too wise. Peter did not just call it desire the milk of the world because he knew he's like maybe he was a prophet and see how many people would <laughs> he saw the future how many ministers of the gospel are going to dilute stain <laughs> you get me corrupt the milk of the world so he, not, he, used, he added the word to his sincere <laughs> he got the, the milk has scattered the thing <laughs> These men were too wise. So that when I see them right, I, I think as well after the Bible said that, just this thing. So uh, you know how the Bible will say the only begotten Son of God. You also say the first begotten. It's talking about those dimensions of inheritance and reward. Yes. <laughs> uh, I won't go into that at all. But the way the Bible is too perfect in their English. In the way they structure, and that's why we like King James. It's not because of anything, just because King James is as close to the original as you can find. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Because think about it, if, if I don't have understanding, light, perfect light, if I want to go and do my own version, and I see one place, first begotten, and that place, only begotten, I'll say, ah, yeah, they're the same, okay, we'll just call it the same thing. Do you get me? Because I don't, I am not, I'm not that deep. And many of you who interpreted the scripture, they're not that deep. They didn't go that far. Mm. Mr. Message. Chicken thieves. Uh, <laughs> you get what I mean? 
This kind of light, you know, it's not easy to access this kind of light yeah. that will make you be able to descend between good and evil, differentiate, compare spiritual things to spiritual things. It's not easy. And so, for a man to just do that by himself, there's no way. And it's not, if, if it's me, too, I also make error. Let me not say that yeah. I'm perfect. If I'm the one doing that message Bible, I also make errors. Mm. Potentially not as many as ever. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Um, I don't know how many of us know the story of how they came about this King James Bible. I believe it was, was it the 1700s and 1600s, there was a king in Israel, sorry, not Israel, in the UK, in Great Britain, who was called King James. And, there really, and he looks like he was a very strong believer, really interested. So he sent forth, and this is, we have to understand the context. This is after Martin Luther. Before Martin Luther, only the Catholic priests had ownership of the scripts, the manuscripts of the scriptures. It means nobody, if you were in the days before Martin Luther, forget EGFM and Perfect Light. It's the Catholic priest that will tell us what, what the Bible is saying. <laughs> because because there's no access to Bible to anybody. Amen. And it's not like initially it was probably the right thing to do, initially because nobody went, nobody knew book, nobody could even interpret the Bible. So people would have made means meat of it anyways. The meaning when I mean initially means after the early fathers of the church, Peter, Paul, all those men. Nobody, nobody was going to school. Everybody was an ignoramus. So even if you gave them the scripture. They will, the way they will interpret it, they will interpret, they will, in fact, the versions that you'll be seeing today will be something else. So, but times change. God is revelatory. By the time Martin Luther came, Martin Luther himself was a university student. He was now wondering, ah, we can read and write. Give us the thing to read for ourselves. Let us read Bible. <laughs> but they are, the priests, they used it to start making money. They, they had ownership of the word. Whatever they say, they were like God to men. Whatever they say is what God is saying. So a priest can go and massacre the scripture, come with his own understanding, and say he's reading manuscript. <laughs> I use it to murder people. That was Martin Luther's fight. That was the fight of the Protestants. That they, one of their fights was that they wanted access to the scriptures so that they can read it for themselves and understand. So by the time King James came, about 100 or 200 years after Martin Luther, he too had this inquisitive, you know that, that inquisition thing came from that protestant movement. He had this inquisition because in, in the Church of England was an Anglican church. And they also suffered from the oppression of the Catholic church, not having access to the manuscripts fully. So he now sent forth, because he was the king, he had the money, 
they had the resources. That's a wise, good use of resources. That's a good government. <laughs> he used the tax or the tax money and he sent people on an errand, sent some, some of the subjects on a research project to Rome, to Israel, to go and search out the manuscripts, the original manuscripts, and interpret them in English. That was the voyage. So King James is a conglomerate of research of the original Hebrew manuscripts. When I mean research, they actually went deep, dig deep, deep. Go and read the original manuscripts of Paul. Those, those kind of original manuscripts. And, it, and bring them and interpret them into English. Although the English is the thou canst, thou hast, thou wants, <laughs> thou wills. <laughs> that kind of English, but this is English. <laughs> and so, what you are seeing as King James, the original King James, is as original as it gets. When it comes to the meaning and understanding of scriptures. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you with me somebody? I want to now show you one scripture that God used to show me. I remember it was many years ago when I was in Victoria. God took me to Judges chapter 13. He says I want to show you something. He says I should read King James. So, and because the instruction was read King James, I was now curious why King James? So after I had obeyed, do you get me? And the way God did it is that, because initially, he knows you just say, ah, why? maybe that's not part of the instruction. The way God did it is that that day, I was actually in class. My iPad has, the iPad I had, is normally connected to the internet, meaning, and sometimes you can access, there's a, there's a Bible app that I have that you need the internet to access. And then there's that one that's just original KJV, that doesn't, you just download, doesn't need internet access. So that day, the internet was not working in the moment. So I had to go and use the King James and read it. But afterwards, later, I was so curious as to why. Why did why was why would Holy Ghost instruct King James specifically for that verse? That's Judges chapter 5, verse 13. Let's let's just see it. So we can begin to see some of these differences and understand where we are coming from. So everybody, you can go to Judges chapter 5, verse 13. it so often. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joshua, okay. Judges chapter 5. Let's just do this little bit of research that I did. Verse 13. It says, Then he made him that remained have dominion over the nobles among the people. The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Now let's read from, let's see verse 12. Verse 12 says, Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead thy captivity captive. He was actually referring to Jesus Christ. Because Deborah, you can refer her to the bride, Barak, as the son of God. It was that concept. Then what was he saying concerning the son of God? Then he made him that remained have dominion over the nobles among the people, meaning a king of kings. 
The Lord made me have dominion over the mighty. Now, that's King James. <laughs> yeah, let's try it. <laughs> let's try the alternate version. So, as a full campus read, let's see NLT of that same verse 13. Then, let's see NIV. And let's read it. Yeah. I can just I'll find it I'll read it. I'll read it. I'll find it online. Online Let's just do this exercise. We'll see it. This is what NIV says. The remnant of the nobles came down. The Lord, the people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. <laughs> Meaningless. <laughs> yeah, like is that it's so shocking. <laughs> the remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. What's that mean, self? Let's read King James says, Then he made him that remained. Who is that him? They just spoke about Barak. Who led captivity captive. They made him that remained have dominion over the nobles, king of kings, over among the people. The Lord have made me have dominion over the ninety. NIV says, The remnant of the nobles came down. The people of the Lord came down to me against the mighty. What does that mean? <laughs> New, Living, New Living Translation says, Down from Tabor, march the few against the, the nobles. The people of the Lord march down against the mighty warriors. English Standard says, Then, then, then down march the remnant of the noble. The people of the Lord march down for me against the mighty. Just various, it could not get, it just couldn't connect it. That 12 and 13 are referring to the Son of God and how he's going to get dominion over the mighty and dominion over the nobles, meaning he's going to be a king of kings and a lord of lords. <laughs> Having led captivity captive, <laughs> the other versions, none of them were even close. So it's clear that the, 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 it was the wisdom of God that sent King James, that ordained King James to gather this thing. Amen. So to keep the original form. Now, it doesn't mean NIV is bad, no. Does that mean NLT is good, bad, no. It means it just means the simple parts, parts of the scriptures are just simple and straightforward. They got it perfectly. But anything that has meanings. Spiritual meanings, some depths in it. They couldn't, they couldn't capture the original phrase, so they tried to just make it sound English, like something that's you know relatable. And sometimes you just lose the entire meaning of the whole thing. You just scatter the whole purpose of the whole thing. Yeah. So for those who are striving for perfection, you, 
you will need some when you study scriptures you need to make sure that you add king james uh, do you get me to your study and if you are not sure which is the original one to store it stay with king james is the original one mm, that's what i'm saying amen because i know many of whom all these scriptures that we read first peter chapter 2 when he starts talking about i lay down a stone stone all these things some of these other versions they have they say it in a different in some manners of different ways I know it shocked me too, right? Maybe he still has to try to look at it. <laughs> I say what? <laughs> I say what are they saying? <laughs> they are just doing it anyhow. They just they made, they just scattered the team. You <laughs> didn't know it's that deep. <laughs> so after I did that research, that evening, I now say, God, thank you. I know why. So it means that what God wanted to just show me that day, I would have totally lost the concept of it. If I had just gone to visit NIV. Mm. So he was very instructive about it. Mm. Mm. Amen. Mm. So First Peter chapter 2. We are still there. It says, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby. I don't know. In verse 3 now says, If so be, ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. It means... Is in the milk of the world that you say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Mm-hmm. Femi, can you help us explain that? That milk, the Lord, this, this means that milk is sweet. Yeah. You are tasting goodness in milk. Uh, help us, sir. That tasting that the Lord is good is that. Mm. Tasting that the Lord is good is that. Take your time. Um, as a newborn baby, your heart is still attached to some needs that can be f- bring fear to our heart mm-hmm. that if i don't have it i might i might be less or yes. i might be vulnerable mm-hmm. as a baby christian mm. as a young christian that just got born again because a, a young christian cannot really see the spiritual so much yes what is still using to judge is um is our validity is still the natural life. The natural life. And um, one thing about God is that God does not want, God wants to bring a man from a, in a place where he can manage him so much that he will understand that wherever I'm taking you to, I'm in charge of it. Yes. And I I love you. Yes. And I'll take you to, a, to yes. the very best end that will actually benefit you. Yes. So God will not just tell you that, oh, forsake all the natural things and everything and just follow me because he knows that that man does not have capacity so that's the goodness of god in the place that he can actually consider where you are mm-hmm. and manage you from where you are yes and so that you'll not be offended yes so that's actually the reason for me that yeah. by the time he's taking care of you in that area in that area you will not be offended at him because yes. he's managing you properly that he's actually meeting the needs of your heart in that season in that season Yes. So in that season that you have, when you say a man is in a season, is in a place of understanding. Mm-hmm. A season is the kind of understanding you have you right are. now. That season, it will manage you in that area, meet your needs according to your understanding in that point, so that you will not be offended at him. Mm-hmm. Because the, you can't go past your understanding. Yes. So it will manage you with your understanding. With your understanding. So that when he's bringing you to another understanding, you will trust him. Mm. And that understanding is milk understanding. It's milk understanding, baby. yes. You're still a baby. You still a, it's a baby understanding. Yeah. It's a lesser understanding. But God will not yank you out of that understanding because he knows that you can get offended. Exactly. 
So the goodness of the Lord is that He is very considerate. Yes. He can consider where you are yes. and manage you from where you are. Yes. So that He can bring you up. By the time He's bringing you up, you can trust Him enough that this man that did all these things when I was here. No, exactly. I can trust Him. Let me accept what he's bringing in this season in this now. Season now. Yeah. So that's how that's actually what it means that God is good. Yeah. He's good that he can he is a very is a God that considers everything that concerns you yes. and manages you from that area. From that area. Yeah. Ah. So immediately now you're beginning to identify that we are beginning to identify now that in milk there is prosperity. In babies, because sometimes if God doesn't meet certain needs, you cannot get offended. In milk, there is healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, those, those are attributes of milk, yeah. or the ministration of milk. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's overblown prosperity, it's no longer sincere. It's covetousness has entered into it. It's no longer sincere. The prosperity is for the Lord will supply all my needs, not all my lusts. That's it. That's milk. All my needs according wow. to his riches in glory. Wow. So anything that is excessive, you are moving, you are becoming un- insincere. Because what's the, what's the insincerity? Men know, even the men of God was maybe overblowing it, they know that there are many places in the Bible that Jesus was not a millionaire. They know it. <laughs> it's very clear. The money he had was just for his Do you get me? Neither was it poor. Yes. So if you are overstretching it, it means you are, you are being insincere because you know your Lord is not like that. Yeah. That's the fear. That's the fear. Yeah. You know, you know, the Lord never. There was no one day that they did not have food. It's because when he went to fast forty days, never did they say that Jesus, for lack of food, he slept, and him and disciples slept and did not have food. They had food all the time. Provision was coming. God was supplying all their needs according to riches and glory. And when people say, "Oh, he was also homeless," that's why he said the foxes have their holes, bears have their nests. If some man no place to lay, he said, "You don't understand." It's not Jesus. I will say, Peter, go to this man's house. Tell him that we will stay there this, this night. The man doesn't know Jesus from anywhere. <laughs> Supply. House is not the problem. Where to sleep is not the problem. Is that maybe maybe Jesus lives in maybe like GP Grand Perry whatever, and whenever I admitting in Jerusalem, whenever he comes to Jerusalem, he will just say, "Oh yeah, Peter, go to Femi's house." Do you get me? He already knows God has already spoken to Femi. He has already knows the where to sleep is not their problem at all. (laughs) So that one he was saying is that my mind, this mind that is in me about following God, obeying God, doing God's will. My meat is to do the will of God and to finish it. This mind is in nobody else. I am alone in my thinking. I am alone. It will actually, thank God I have brothers. Also, so we can see, we can never claim that we are like, we suffer what Jesus suffered. Jesus is not a pastor. Jesus is not a pastor. Jesus, not a pastor. Jesus was on his own. Peter was not thinking for something or whatever. Imagine. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so that was Jesus' suffering, right? That was, that was his loneliness. Amen. So, sincere milk of the world teaches prosperity for needs. Sincere milk of the world teaches healing. 
And then sincere milk of the world teaches faith to love God. That's what Hagin taught. Not so? Right? As we know the testimony that Hagin taught prosperity, Hagin taught Zoe, faith for life. Meaning, amen. Hagen taught what? Hagen taught faith for living. Hagen taught faith for prosperity, supply. Hagen taught faith for healing. And he emphasized even the faith for living more than the other ones. Yes. That's why he wrote a book called Zoe, the God kind of life. Amen? And then... After a season, some of his sons began to just take the prosperity arm of the teaching. <laughs> that, one that one alone. They, they left the Zoe that he was teaching. The God kind of life he was teaching. They left the... They kept the healing, but he was focused on prosperity. So, Hegel now called all those... those made Copland, Jerry Savile, uh, Crypto Dollar. I called them for a meeting. And told them that no, we have to balance this thing. Yeah. We are going overblown. We are we are going too far. And what the Copland, what happened that made the Copland stood up and said, We are so we, are, we will change. He apologized. Yes. And guess what? Copland stood up, was the one who stood up and says, We will change, we will apologize. Who is the one who is the most renowned of them? Is Copland. He stood out. Because Copland also teaches balance. There's one thing when you listen to Copland, you want you become more spiritual. That's one thing. He preaches prosperity a lot, he preaches about healing a lot. But there's something in his message about Copland. There's no way you will hear Copland that you not leave them more spiritual. Yes. 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 And that is sincere milk. Sincere milk is to point you for growth. Yeah. That's what that's what makes it sincere. It will point you to the spirit. It will point you to God. It will bring you towards God. Faith towards God. Pure faith towards God is sincere milk of the word. That's, that's why it's called towards God. It will point you to God. More than the thing that God is even giving. The way, the way Copeland preaches the faith. Oh my God. The way Copeland fishes the faith is that after you leave, you will, you, will, you will go more to God, even more than the thing that you are trusting God for. Yes. I'll show you a testimony. There was one there was one new year, I think it's 2016 new year, in January, where I was concerned about my job. Concerned about work, you know, it was unstable, all those kind of things. Then the Alberta downstorm just started in earnest. I was so concerned into the year. I, was, I wasn't sure what's going to happen in the new year. So very, very great concern. So I turned on Daystar TV. Copeland was preaching. That man changed my life that year. Just that I just just tell her ten minutes. I couldn't sit down. I had to stand up to be here. <laughs> Copeland, and the way you look, here we Angry. You say you don't live for a living. You don't work for a living. You believe for a living. I say yeah. <laughs> I forget the job. 
Because that's the thing that was disturbing me right there. He said, You don't. And it was like, Look you in the eyes. And then look at the eyes. Wide eyes. You don't walk for a living, you believe. And then you got to teach about believing. You, I turned it to prayer. Pray, I began to pray in tongues one for an hour or so. <laughs> I began to pray in tongues. He push you to God. Yeah. Yes, it's the Lord who will supply all my needs according to his riches. It's not my wisdom, it's not my calculation. Yeah. That's what Copland will push you to. Yeah. It will make you more spiritual. Mm. It will make you, for that year, you'll be yearning for God more. Mm. Even if it's because you know that because of the things. The things is the trouble that brought you. But you will be pushing to God more for that year. Praise the name of the Lord. That is sincere milk of the world. It brings you closer to God. So that you will now be ready for Christ. For the teachings of Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. A man, the attributes of a man who is under sincere milk of the world. Let's see Ephesians chapter 1. There are attributes of a man who is under what? Sincere milk of the world. One thing is that he's loving God more. But at the point, at that, he really doesn't know how to love God because he's still blind. So what he, how he exhibits that love for God is that he will be loving the saints more. You will see him more active in church. <laughs> they get a milk, someone who is under sincere milk. When you are active, you mean you'll be showing more love to his brethren. You'll be interested, he'll be, he'll be connecting, he'll be building relationships. With, with the sense. Verse 15, Ephesians chapter 1 says, Wherefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the love of Jesus, it has believing. It means sincere milk will make you more believing. Even if you are believing because of the things, but it will still make you more believing. Then, people who are under sincere milk. When they begin to see the evidences of the supply, they will now even love God more, want to do more for God. And that's why you will now see them doing more love for the saints. <laughs> Amen. They will now start, as, a, as an evidence, they now start showing more love after the head of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints. So it means that sincere milk will point you for verse 16 and 17 of Ephesians chapter 1. Amen. Meaning, verse 16 says, Cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. It means sincere milk is the preparation. I call it, they call it faith towards God. It's the preparation to open the doors of the sanctuary. Meaning to open the doors of the temple. Where you now is in the temple, you now begin spiritual walk. Yeah. Now, many of us, maybe many of us may are from Africa, right? Imagine back home in your compounds. Some of us, maybe in the compounds we used to live in, they are the gate man. You get me? When you are in the outer court, the gate man, the arena, he doesn't really know the father of the house. He doesn't really know your dad. The, all the relationship he has is open gate. Sa, Oga, Sa, Sa, Oga. That's the that's the talk. That's the the basis of the talk. 
go and do this, go and do this, do this. Uh, they don't really know the content of the yoga, the content of the sa, or the content of the father of the house. But you, who is the son and the daughter, you know the content. You are in the house with that father. And to enter the house is to enter the temple. So it means that it's until you enter the temple, you before you now gain the wisdom of that father, ah, and the understanding of that father, the gate man who is outside on the outer court cannot have the understanding of your father, of your dad, nor the wisdom of your dad. But you who is in the house, your dad will be training you. Some of us will be cane. You get me? <laughs> Some of us will knock. <laughs> Kneel down. Those are those things about the instructions. <laughs> and also with teaching, don't do this again. And also with instruction. If your dad will never tell your gate man that I want you to, why don't you become a lawyer? <laughs> why is it you? It's you he will tell him. And it's you that he will be trying to put in the best schools, not the gate man. So if you are in the outer court, you are not under the instruction of the spirit. They can't instruct you spiritually. They can only use, what do they reward gate man with? They will pay you salary at the end of the month. Or they will give you bonus when you do the work well. You keep the compound properly. So they can only use that supply of your needs to keep you interested in them. The relationship a man has with God, if all your relationship with God is about God supplying your needs, you are a good man. <laughs> More accurately, you are in the outer court. Get man. <laughs> You are, the, you are the outer court. Not so. If you are actually doing sincere milk of the world, because there is also camp. Uh, <laughs> but let's not touch that one. Uh, if you are actually doing milk of the world, meaning you are doing faith towards, towards God, pointing, so you are trusting God to pay for payment. The payment is the supply of your needs. So the gate man is trusting the ogre, the sa, the father of the house, for salary at the end of the month. So that's why he's sweeping the compound. Locking the gate very well. Opening the gate. Saying yes sir, yes sir. We won't do, doing things. All of that is for payment at the end of the month. For us, it's for supply of our needs at the end of the month. <laughs> Amen. That God will supply our needs to pay our bills at the end of the month. It's good to understand this dimension too. Because even when you enter the temple... Even as a son, I st- you still ask your father for allowance, won't you? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yes. It's not a salary anymore, though. It's an allowance for your needs. So, even a man, as Daddy was saying in SOS, that there is faith towards God, inside faith of the Son of God. The fact that you are now in faith of the Son of God, learning Christ, doesn't mean you, you should not ask God to supply all your needs according to his riches in glory. Ask God for your allowance. Uh-huh. He's still a good father, even in the temple. It's not that now that because I'm all I'm doing just knowing Christ, that if I have lack, I will not now come and do you get me? Not now come and pray in Jesus' name and use faith to believe God for my needs. I will still use milk faith. Amen. Mm-hmm. Even in the holy place. Mm-hmm. Even when I've entered the temple. Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
Uh, I hope that is clear. I've really taken the time to build that so that it's clear. So that when while we are learning Christ, we are still encouraged to be trusting God for the supply of our needs. And the Bible says, not so, as a rod of them who Jesus is seeking, that the Lord will supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. Now, the way he supplies the needs in the holy place, do you get me, in the temple, is different from the way he may supply the needs to an outer court boy. Now, the uh, idea of Gitman again. Your father will not tell you as a son to take out of your allowance and give your, the Gitman for pay. Your father will always pay the Gitman his pay check. But the father, if me and Femi are sons of the father in the house, the father can say that, okay, James, can you give Femi out of your allowance for this month? Uh-huh, because we are all in the same household. It's part of the training. It's using wisdom. <laughs> Amen. Maybe he's trying to see that James is very stingy. My son James is very stingy. Do you get me? And my son Femi is having a lack. Because he spent the allowance. Any- <laughs> or he did not ask for his allowance this month. Because he did not know to ask. So he wants to use the same one instruction to train both of us. So you say, James, stingy boy, <laughs> give every part of your allowance so you can learn how to give. And you, you can see that James is your brother. He asks for allowance. You can also ask for allowance. <laughs> Amen. So God, in, in the temple, when you are in the household of God, sometimes faith towards God, the provision is different from how the provision may come before. God can use your brethren to bless you. Be ready to accept it. Be humble enough to receive it. That's still part of him supplying all your needs according to his riches. It does not matter how he does it as long as he did it. And in fact, some of the best, who else? I mean, if he, if, who else would he use? Would he not use your fellow brother who is in the same house with you? If he has extra, should he not give you? Eh? Is it not him that gave the brother the money? So he's the one who owns the money now. So if he tells James to give Femi money, it's not even James' money in the first place. It's him that gave me allowance. So I should not complain. <laughs> and Femi too should not complain that it's James that's giving me the allowance. Be humble and receive it. These are all part of faith towards God training. And more perfect, the perfection of it is being humble to receive from those. The, in, out, in the outer court, there was a way you were expecting God's provision. In the only place where you have better light, be open to the diverse manners of provision. Even the one that you were proud to receive before. In the holy place, in the temple, when you are now exposed to light, be open to receiving all kinds of allowances. However God wants to supply the need, let him supply it. And be humble to receive it. Praise the name of the Lord. I believe we are blessing somebody today. That the God of our, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of God, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, knowledge of Him. So it's when you enter the house, which we call the sanctuary. For those who are not sure what sanctuary means, sanctuary, sanctuary. Sanctuary means the temple, the holy place. When God was designing the, the, the temple, first temple and second temple, when God was designing the temple with Solomon, or designing the temple with Zerubbabel, it was the same order. There's an outer court, meaning the, the courts, the backyard. Then you, to enter the house, you enter the holy place, the temple, the sanctuary. But inside the house, there's an upstairs. In the same household. 
there's another story building. That upstairs is called the most holy place. It's that same house. So the moment you enter the temple, you've entered the house. So entering the sanctuary is like entering the kingdom. You've entered the house. You now have to begin journey to now go upstairs. Amen. You can liken it to entering the kingdom. You, get you now have to now begin the real journey of doing what? Of going what? Upstairs to the upper room. To the upper chambers. To the most holy place. Where there is salvation. But first, when you enter a house. Hmm? If you enter my house now, who not to tell you just come upstairs? Okay? If I don't know you. I'll tell you to wait. I'm coming. I'll come and see you. <laughs> That's it. It's people that you have trusted well that you are say okay, I'll come upstairs or whatever. If there's a living room upstairs, do you get me? So it means that only when you enter the house, they tell you to stay in the living room. They now have to train you well, <laughs> so that they get me before you can come to the intimate space of the Father. And that's why the sanctuary is school. When we talk about learning, doctrine of Christ, doctrine of Christ is a process, is a process, is a process. Doctrine of Christ is you are in the sanctuary, is school. You have to enroll in the school of the Spirit. And that spirit, they call it the spirit of, of truth, meaning the spirit of Christ. So when that's, that school of the Spirit means there is a school where they teach Christ. Amen. It's a school when they unveil Christ from its beginning to its end. A man who has come to the end of Christ, a man who can go upstairs. Or who has reached the stairs, who can now enter the upper room. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm hoping these things, are, I'm just trusting God, these things are becoming clear. This process of entrance, of faith towards God being important, and even also you still using it when you enter into the kingdom, enter into the sanctuary, amen, and using it with your Christ light, amen. Because now the faith towards God in the temple, in the sanctuary, is a, is a faith that has now been meekened, that becomes lower, meek. Let me give you an example. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. When I was in the outer court, <laughs> I used to write lists for my year, not so, of what God should do for me and mighty things, you get me, blasting things. And sometimes God will do some of it. That's faith towards God. So for example, let's say, I trust God that this year, hmm, and just say, I want to make six figures. I don't know how he's going to do it. I want to make $100,000 this year. In the outer court, that's where a lot of what people say. In the outer, it's familiar, many of us, in the outer court. A man who is in the holy place, fear will not let you... <laughs> where you've been trained by Christ's light. You get me? If you've been trained by Christ's light, you, won't, you, won't, you may not use that number. Rather, faith towards God in the, in the holy place could be, God, I, I want you to provide, give me a job. That will balance all my needs. Even if it's 40k, 50k, I'm okay. And you believe God for that. Both of them are believing. 
But one is better. Why? Because one, you are now trusting. The reason why you're asking for the big one is because you want to have a mass so that you don't have to come and ask God again. It means somewhere you don't really trust God well. But later, when you're, you've humbled your asking, you're no longer asking for gazillions anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the thing has humbled now. You're not asking for supply of needs and rich supply. And you don't put the many zeros, <laughs> the zeros to it anymore. They add because you've now understood light. That a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he owns. And also because you trust God more. That he will supply my needs this year. Next year I'll ask him again for another, something else. He will supply it again. I don't have to ask him for all the gazillions now. So that the reason why we want to ask for all of that multitude now is because so that they don't have to go back to God. It means they don't like God somewhere. They don't trust God somewhere. That God just give me everything now so I don't have to come back tomorrow. That is what's the purpose. That means you want to you like your debt. You like to be separated. You like the distance. Let me be my God. Just give me my millions. Let me God myself here. When next I need something, I'll call you. <laughs> no, that's not the other. A man who is approaching God in the sanctuary wants to be closer to God. So when I'm moving actually, I don't even want too much because I want a need to be coming back to God. I want a reason. I'm finding every kind of reason to come back to God. I'm looking for reasons. I'm looking for reasons to come to God. My goal in the sanctuary is attachment. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's see Hebrews chapter 4. My goal, once I enter, once wisdom of uh, spirit of wisdom and revelation has come, once I am now an enlightened being, my goal is my marrying God. That's my goal. My goal is my fusion to God. How? I'm looking for excuses to come closer. <laughs> Do you get me? I'm looking for excuses. A, a man, no, no, let me just tell you something how spiritual things work. Uh, Femi, when your life is too comfortable, you may pray the same duration of prayer, but the prayer is not the same. Yeah, the, the intensity. Intensity. You're comfortable. That prayer, the incense, I don't think it is not a ritual prayer. They call it the the fervent the what's the word the effect the fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth more. It must be fervent. It means that one doesn't say fervent. It means if it's not fervent, the incense doesn't reach there. So sometimes if your life is getting too comfortable, man, <laughs> I have to go and start finding luck. <laughs> so man, you guys need to come closer. I can't just be here, just be comfortable and train myself. I'm not tranquil. I need to find I need to find excuses to fuse more with God. We need we ought to we ought to power and you ought to hunger yourself. Generate the hunger of your life to power yourself towards God. We must power ourselves too much, God. We must go closer to God. We must draw nearer to God so He can draw nearer to us. You draw nearer by your word, your understanding, and by your prayers. Hebrews chapter 4, let's see, let's see Hebrews chapter 4. 
you must have need. Hour <laughs> of need to come to the throne of grace. You don't have need. You are not going anywhere. The passion that will drive your journey to the throne is that need. At first, it may be earthly need, but there is another need I want to show you. That it will take revelation to see. In faith towards God, they will use earthly needs to draw you closer. When you enter the temple, when you start seeing your soul, <laughs> you go, you know, before after court, you are not seeing the Lord. Remember, the Father of the house. Do you get me? So you are not seeing any mirror. When you enter, excuse me, when you enter the holy place and you see the Lord with, with which we have to do, mm-hmm. and we see His image in the mirror, and you now look at your own self, and you, see you see contradiction. You will see need. Yes. And that's what Hebrews chapter 4 began to say. Let's see. Hebrews chapter 4 verse... I will start from 12. I will start from 11 because it talks about a labor. Amen. Verse 11 says, Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest. He's speaking to believers here. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. Okay, now from verse 12 is where I want to go. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and of the joints and marrows, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It means he exposes you. He <laughs> will expose the, the contradictions when you come under the doctrine of Christ. You will see yourself, your soul, for what it is. Then let's go on. It says, Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Now, watch this, verse 14. Seeing then, what are you seeing? How did you see? They gave you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now you can see. So, verse 14 says, Seeing then, by the exercise of this word of God, you are now able to see. Now, what are you seeing? Seeing then that we have such a great high priest. When do you see this high priest? When you enter the temple. When the eyes of your eyes, your eyes of your understanding have been enlightened, you have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, you have entered the temple. The entrance into the temple, the entrance into the holy place, the entrance into the sanctuary is the spirit of wisdom and revelation bringing enlightenment to your eyes of your understanding. That's the entrance. Now when you enter, you will now see this great high priest. <laughs> you will see him for what he is. And as you, it's, it's a double-edged sword. As you are seeing him, you are also seeing yourself for what you are not. Amen. So you are seeing him for what he is, and then you are seeing yourself for what you are not. So seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. Is not doctor. <laughs> <laughs> The, the Jesus Christ is the profession. Yeah. Seeing then, what, what you, are you seeing? You are seeing your profession. Yeah. Hey! As you enter, that's why Hagin for six months was praying, Father, give me the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. He, because he knows he needs to see his profession. You have not started work when you have not seen the high priest. You have not seen your profession with whom we have to do. 
Amen? Amen. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passing to the heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Becoming like that Jesus is our profession. Now look, verse 15 now says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. <laughs> because the moment you see him, <laughs> infirmities, we also see the infirmities. Now they now say, when you see him and see yourself and see how bad you are, don't now draw back. He is also merciful. Yeah. The high priest you are seeing, he is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. Because in all points he was tempted like we are. There was those he also passed through that process. Amen. Amen. This is where I'm going to this afternoon. He also passed through that process of entering the holy place and then becoming the great high priest. He walked. Now I want to slow down here. So please. Uh I, I, in my spirit, I'm just sensing maybe some people just want me to explain it quickly. No, let's let's slow it down. Let's slow it down. Verse 15 says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but we in all points tempted like we are, meaning in all points tried like we are, yet without sin. Meaning this journey that I'm explaining to you of being in the outer court, faith towards God, having the spirit of wisdom and revelation to enter the holy place and start faith of the Son of God, knowledge, then seeing the great high priest. That man that you are seeing there that's called the great high priest, he also started as a baby. He also used faith towards God. Oh my God. To enter the sanctuary. He used it he uttered the faith in the sanctuary. They now call it his faith. Uttered and finished up our faith. Faith of the Son of God. And then he finished it. Then he became the great high priest. Paved the way for you to see. Yeah. Seeing then we have such a great high priest. And this is what these scriptures begin to talk about. This is what these scriptures begin. Let's see 1 John chapter 2. We want to buttress this thing well. This is our profession. Oh. This is our school. This is our future. This is our enrollment. You have admission. This is not University of Alberta quite. This is University of Christ and God. They have undergraduates. They have masters. They have PhD. Perfect light. Amen. Precious cornerstone, that's so. They have all the grades in it. It's a school. You will learn Christ. You will learn this great high priest. Let's see 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. You can help me read, sir. He that seeth he abideth in him, ought himself also to walk, even as he walked. So meaning he walked. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Meaning he, a man who has finished walking is now at rest. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is now at rest. Now. Why he was on earth? He walked. They call him baby Jesus. Also. We haven't taught these things. Johnny, baby Jesus. The child Jesus. Jesus. Then Jesus Christ. Just talking about they're just talking about 
milestones in his walk. So, everything that we are saying that you should do in terms of journeying to God, Jesus did it. That's what I'm saying. Then I'll say, if you say you abide, you know, you that, that word abide is not if you say you believe you are born again. No, he said, if you say you abide, he said, whosoever transgresses and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, they keep this spot with the commandment without spot. When it comes to the realm of abiding, you must walk as Jesus walked. Those same footsteps of milk, meat, strong meat, those same footsteps of entering the temple, now using Christ's lights to, to progress in the temple. Now, Let me, you, let me try and see, use the way that may be relatable. Praise the name of the Lord. Use a way that may seem that is relatable. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It means he did it from the beginning to the end, paved the way. Way means a road. Not so. Now, if there is a wilderness, if we go to Nunavut, there's a wilderness who want to be construct a building, a, a habitation, a building somewhere. But it's a wilderness, so we have to construct a way first, a road. Whose name would they call the road? Is you. Safemi Famade So anybody that wants to come to that building must pass Femi Highway to get to that building. That's, that's what happened. Jesus wanted to show the way to the final habitation. Amen. So he used his life on earth. To pave the way. So the way is called Jesus Christ. The name of the road to God. Is called Jesus Christ Highway. So. For example. If you want to get to Calgary. Let's say Calgary is the habitation of God. You must pass through QE2. Queen Elizabeth Highway 2. Because highway two. If you like, don't pass highway two. See if you get to Calgary. You will miss it. We lost. That's what. That's what. That's what God fabricated in Christ. Highway, the road to Him. So, the reason why Hebrews chapter four was saying. That for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, as we are yet without sin. Means that he was also a baby at one point. <laughs> because a perfect man cannot be tempted. God cannot be tempted. The Bible says it. Yet now he is God. He cannot be tempted. But then. He came, the word became flesh. The word lost his godhood. Became baby flesh to learn back the godhood. To wait to and by learning back the godhood on earth, he paved the way for man to go back to God. And because he was flesh, in every point of there's a temptation when you are in the altar court. Do you get me? The temptation. There's a temptation. We all know it. There's a temptation where Jesus also faced the temptation in the outer court. The temptation in the outer court is this world. Because what are you looking for when you're in the outer court? This world. That's why you ask God to provide house. 
That's why you ask God to provide car. It means you are still looking for this thing, these natural things. And the temptation in the wilderness <laughs> was actually a victory over flesh. What did Satan tempt Jesus with? Some of these things. Those things that we design the outer court. They, see, they show them the glories of this world. So Jesus passed through. And there's also temptations in the holy place. There's no trial that you'll be facing right now in this your journey. That our Lord did not pass through. And also, men who have gone ahead of you or ahead of us, they've also passed through many trials that you think you are going through right now. That's why he will say, the Bible will say in Hebrews, imitate those who through what? Faith and patience have obtained the promise. Huh. It means there are men who have also passed through several temptations of entrance into the sanctuary, into the holy place. And Johnny Father passed on. So you that are just entering. Sometimes ask them. Submit to them. Ask them how they did it. Concerning some of the things that you are going through right now. So that you will also be able to succor. In your journey. I know, family, uh, you mentioned yesterday. That... Yes, you're talking about the reason to submit to spiritual leaders that God has put ahead of you. You can't just jump men and go straight to God. Your God is perfect. If you just jump men and go straight to God, you will fail. Even when you see the God that the demand. But God has God But God has done work, rot works in some men. They may not be perfect work, but there's a dimension of the work in Femi that you can pick and learn. Do you get me? Then there's another dimension in maybe Pastor Jeff that you can pick and learn. And by that picking and learning, submission and learning, you are also growing. You are now get what you're actually doing by submitting to some you're actually getting their powers. <laughs> You are learning how they got where they were. And you are doing it without suffering all the suffer they suffered to get there. So because when they are teaching, when you come on that, for example, if you come to me for instruction, I will also tell you what not to do. Mm -hmm. The mistakes I made that made my suffering longer. (laughs) That made my journey longer. And what I finally do to get it right. So that means you can skip the mistakes and get it right. Get it right, yes. So, I tell people the key to accelerated growth in the spirit is meekness. meekness yeah. Humbleness of mind. Humble yourself under the almighty hand of God. I may exalt you in Jesus. Humble, humble yourself. Come low. Submit. You don't know everything. Don't think yourself too wise. Submit. So that you can be corrected, you can be rebuked, you can be instructed in righteousness. And it will actually hasten your walk. 
Praise the name of the Lord. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. This is verse 4, verse 15. It says, For we have not an high priest, which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity, but, we, but was in all points. What, what are those points? Those points are stone, tried stone, precious cornerstone, sure foundation. <laughs> those are classes in the spirit, graduations. At every graduation, there's a temptation. And Jesus went through all points and was tempted like you are. There is no point you can come in the spirit and no temptation you can face for the point you are in the spirit that Jesus has not faced. Come to that point and also face the temptation at that point. He's the one who made the highway, who made the way. And this is what Peter began to now move on towards. You know, he started in 1 Peter chapter 2 talking about milk. Desires, newborn babies, desire the sincere milk of the world. So important. Amen. But he now move further. Let's move further. First Peter chapter 2 now. When he's upstairs with the boys, eh? First Peter chapter two now. Amen. Now verse four. He says, "To whom coming as to unto a living stone." So Jesus was coming to God. That's what it means. Now he is God, but then while he was coming, while he was walking, he was walking back to God. If he was already God, he would not have been praying, Father, give me the glory I had with you before the world began. It means he did not have it. You won't pray for what you don't have. For what you won't pray for what you already have. So it means he was stripped of the glory because he willfully did it. He became flesh. Now he was journeying back to the glory, to Godhood. So by journeying back to Godhood, he was coming to God. So we are commas. Our school is a school of coming to God. By ordinances of doctrines. Meaning teachings of doctrine. Of Christ. To whom coming as unto a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men. Hmm. Disallowed. That was the trials. But chosen of God. And precious. Not so? Disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. So, he was a living stone. Disallowed indeed of men, he endured trial of his stony, of the stone. Then, after God saw he has endured the trials and he had overcome, he was chosen. He was chosen of God. And when you are chosen, it's to make you precious. Yes. Precious. Now, this is the part I want us not to miss, if you are hearing me this morning. Verse 5. So, you will be know, it's now clear that this part is for you. Are we ready? Amen. If you are online, open your Bibles. First, we are in 1 Peter chapter 2. We've just read verse 4. We're about to read verse 5. Verse two, 4 says, To whom coming? Jesus was coming to God as unto a life living stone. Disallowed indeed of men. 
but chosen of God and precious. Meaning he was a stone, living stone. He was tried and then he became a precious corner stone. Bible now says, Peter now says, through the Spirit for you, ye also. It means it's you. This is your calling. This is your profession. This is what you ought to do. Ye also. Not only it's not, not only say, oh, it's Jesus. Jesus. Jesus did it. Jesus is the stone. Jesus is the stone. Yes, we know. They say ye also. Not so. He said, if a man claims to say he abided in him, he ought also to walk as Jesus walked. We just read that. First John chapter, first John chapter 2, verse 6. You ought to walk as Jesus walked. If you claim that you abided in him, you also ought to walk as Jesus walked. So here he's saying, ye also, ye also. A man who is under revelation of Christ has become a living stone. After the order of our, our husband man. Who is Christ Jesus, the Lord Himself? So you should be a stone. If you are not a stone, you have failed this course. Mm. This is a strong statement, but it's true. You also, so if you are not a stone, it means you are not met up to standard. You are not even trying. I don't know if they don't even count. I don't understand. The way they're writing it, you also have life in stones. You have to meet the standard. You, this you should be. But he was actually writing to people who are lively stones. Lively, they life. They've been hearing life. Who is life? Who is our life? Christ. And the way, the truth, and the life. They are meaning they, they are speaking to those who are under the doctrine of Christ. Ye also as lively stones. A, a, a man who is in the outer court is not a, a, a stone, he's a grass. Amen. Amen. All flesh is as grass. If all your relationship with God is to provide flesh, you are grass. Yes, yes. So it says, ye also as lively stones. So this is for you. Don't ever deny it. Don't ever fight it. Don't ever speak against it. This is you. This is your destiny. This is your profession. This is your calling. This is your life. This is your high calling. You are to become a stone, tried stone, precious corner stone. Sure, sure foundation. It's for you. So if you ever wonder what is the will of God for my life, this is it. <laughs> become stony. This thing must, I don't know, I'm hitting this hammer because it thing must concretize in our hearts. Not be like a double-minded man. See, don't let him not think that he receive anything of the Lord. A man who is double-minded. Unsure of your calling. The Bible says here, it says, Peter also said this song, it says, do everything to make your election and your election sure. Your election and calling sure. Not so. Do everything to make your election and sure and calling what sure. This is your election, right? Amen. This is your calling. Our election is that we should become lively stones. Our calling is to follow the whole process to preciousness. So verse 5, let's read it again. It says, ye also is for you. 
you also you should it means there's a demand in the spirit that i should become a lively stone as christ was a lively stone coming to god there's a demand in the spirit that what that i should become a lively stone as christ also was a lively stone coming to god I hope I'm very clear for people today. I've talked about milk, sincere milk of the world as a building block and also as an entrance for the holy place. For So it's faith for faith, not so. Faith towards God is outer court. But what is what we use to enter into the next level of faith, faith to faith, which is the faith of the Son of God. It's still faith, but it's a more a different direction of the faith. Your faith is not directed to fleshly things now anymore. Your faith is now being redirected to becoming a person who is the, our Lord Jesus Christ. And the only way to become that person is to gain the knowledge of that person. So the knowledge of the Son of God, Christ, the knowledge of Christ, the doctrine of Christ, is the engine that powers this faith of the Son of God. I said that last week. And I use Ephesians 4 to teach that. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. To the knowledge of the Son of God. Unto the measure of the fullness of, of stature of Christ. So the knowledge of the knowledge, 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 knowledge of God, knowledge, Christ's knowledge, knowing Christ as you have been taught, is the engine that will power your faith of the Son of God. Which is the beginning of the sanctuary. Which is the beginning of the holy place. That's the sanctuary. Or your entrance into the temple of God, of the Lord. Father, we thank you. Wow. So we must stay here. We must do everything to make our calling and election sure. This is it. Nobody, no one of us. I want us that by the time this year is over, not one of us is doubting this thing again. That my calling is to become a stone, tried stone, precious cornerstone, sure foundation. Is our calling. We must follow it. There is no other, eh? there is no other, let me say it again. There is no other calling. Last night we were dealing a lot with will of, will of God. Say God, maybe God say, this is the will of God. Mm -hmm. Anything that is not aligning with this one, check it well. It's really not God's will. Anything that is not making you more stony, according to making you know, love and know Christ more, conform to the image of the Son more, check it well. Just check it. <laughs> check it well. This is, is one will. One purpose, that's Romans chapter 8. One purpose conforming to the image of the Son. So, yesterday we were dealing with, so a lot of people say maybe they're expecting that God wanted me to do this and then things not happen. So they'll be disappointed. Don't be disappointed. Say maybe if you know there's a particular job that you feel God instructed you to go for and it not work out that way. And God is not the owner of. Epcot. 
He's not the CEO of Epco. Neither is he the CEO of Sunco. Neither is he the CEO of Imperial Oil. But if he instructed maybe Epco and the thing did not work out, maybe because God saw that somewhere there's some a new arrangement that mm-hmm. came into, maybe the, God, the, the leadership of Epco decided to go in a different strategic direction. And God knew that that direction will not benefit your, your future, your purpose. God can re- re-instruct you to another, another place, another company. There are many companies, there's one God. Yeah. <laughs> eh? Last night, let's not tie ourselves to one place. Yeah. So there's, a, there's an eternal purpose, and this eternal purpose is this process of stone, tried stone, precious cornerstone, and sure foundation. Let's see it from Isaiah 28, and we'll come back to First Peter chapter 2. Just lay this groundwork well for us, because we are going to be vaccine in this place, in these waters, for some time. Azar 28, I'll start from verse 16. Hmm. It says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. And his boats are inside here. Lord God, temple of the Lord, habitation of God. Those concepts are here. They were about to explain it. He says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God. Below, behold, I lay in Zion. Zion is that temple I'm talking about. Zion is that sanctuary I'm talking about. They call it what? The holy mountain. They next say the most holy mountain. They call Zion the holy mountain. I mean, Zion is the holy place. Uh, I think this will make it very clear because I know people can get mixed up in all those words. We say sanctuary. We say the temple. It's all the same thing, though. Or we say holy place. Holy place is the sanctuary. Sanctuary is the temple. <laughs> Amen. But inside that temple there is an upstairs called the most holy or the true tabernacle. Because Jesus Christ is a minister of both the sanctuary and the true tabernacle. Meaning he's the minister of both the living room and the upstairs. Because it's one house. Amen. So Zion is that living room, that holy place, that uh, temple. That's Zion. So when a man, they open the gate, boom, or you enter Zion, enter temple, the first thing you will jam is for a foundation, a stone. Yes. For I lay in Zion for a foundation is two. That's Christ. So the moment they the moment they open that gate and you begin to step in, that gate really just opened that veil just opened is Ephesians chapter one verse seventeen. It's called the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Is the gate they just opened. Praise the name of the Lord. The gate they just opened is called the what? Spirit of wisdom. That's one gate. Another gate in the spirit is the spirit of counsel and might. 
that's the gate that will make you precious. That's why in SOS we're talking about the spirit of might to do is to make you precious. <laughs> that's a, that's those, those gates are gates in the spirit. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Spirit counsel and might is another gate. You know when you open the gate, it has two doors. It has two things. It's a gate. So for it to be a gate, there is one metal here. There is one metal here. Then you bring the two metal together and lock it. That's a gate. So spirit of wisdom and revelation is one gate to enter Zion, to enter the sanctuary, to enter the temple. The spirit of counsel and might, there's another gate in there that will get you for ready for preciousness. And then you enter into this, then the last one, spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. That's thoroughly furnished unto every good work. That fear of the Lord is still an obedience you need to do. That's sure foundation. Amen. So the end of it is still an obedience. But that obedience will be done with perfect light. That's what we also mentioned from Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14. That strong meat belonging to them who are of full age, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern good and evil. It means a man who hasn't come to precious cornerstone should not even worry about doing real. God's will. Say, what is God's will? What's the outcome? Don't even think about it. Why? Because <laughs> you'll be judging evil as good and good and evil. Yeah. Follow process. Well, then when you can now see perfectly what is good and what is evil, they will still not want you to go and do the good works. Meaning, there is still something you will still do. But you will do it out of perfect light. Do we get that? Do we do it out of what? Perfect, Perfect light. It means when you not do it, there will be no error. Amen. 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 So there's a doing, but that one, the doing is in sure foundation. Praise the name of the Lord. For I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone. Mm, a stone. Ah, this stone. <laughs> Let's see. Amen. A stone. Praise the name of the Lord. How many of us remember? The time Moses got angry, not so. He gave him an instruction to speak to the rock. He was supposed to speak to it. He stumbled. And then he smoked the rock. Stone of stumbling, not so. Or rock of offense, maybe. He smoked the rock. But what can all gush out of the rock? What else? It means without water, there is no stone. Mm-hmm. And when you study geology, or maybe some of you are correct me from my so it's been a long time. <laughs> Work for me, sure. <laughs> Weathering, they call it red. How does the weather sedimentate the sediments 
that are fused together. But those sediments, they come, they have something, they have moisture. It's water, they have mo water inside. It's moisture that will glue them together, that over time they will dry. You will now form rock. So it means that there's a principal element in the formation of a stone, of a rock, is water. So when they say for I lay in Zion for a foundation is stone. Meaning when you enter Zion, begin to learn the waters. Because when you enter Zion, when you enter the holy place, when you enter the sanctuary, when you, when you enter the temple, you will see that stone as the foundation. You begin to talk. Now, all that he is saying are his living waters. So, lively stone, living waters. <laughs> or living stone, living waters. You see, there, there is a synonym. Amen? Living stone, living waters. There is a synonym. Now, what made him a stone? For I lay in Zion... For a foundation of stone. What made him a stone are the content called waters that he is storing. Meaning, really, what they are saying is that for I lay in Zion, amen, a well, a fountain. Amen? How many of us can remember back home? Yeah, we don't really use wells. Back home, what did they use to create a build a well? Stones, cement that can house the water. So a stone is a well that houses waters. So the moment you enter the holy place, you encounter a well, a fountain, a stone who will begin to preach waters to you. Amen? Amen. And the calling is to fetch the waters in that stone. That after you fetch the waters of that stone, you too you will now become aware. Hey, Jesus. And when you become that well, you become a stone yourself. So, for I lay in Zion for a foundation, a stone, is that I lay in Zion for a foundation, a fountain, a well, a wellspring at this dimension as the foundation of waters that you will come and be that's this what this is the discussion of jesus and the samarian woman that was the that was the discussion come and fetch come and drink rather than fetch from this one that you are doing jesus was saying i am a well in fact the person who is talking to you is a well forget this well that you're fetching water i am a well with living waters fetch from me and you will fetch unto everlasting life that's what jesus was saying Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Uh, let's see, John chapter 4. How many minutes more do I have? I have 20 minutes more. Amen. I have 20 minutes more. We are just talking about stone. Uh, John chapter 4.
Amen. I'll start from verse 10 to 15, 14. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that said to thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee living waters. Now, what's the context of that? Verse 9. Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, accept drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? What was she doing? She was fetching water from a well. Verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. She was fetching water from Jacob's well. And another well came to sit with her. <laughs> another well came to visit her. So really, there were two wells there. And one woman. There was a earthly well, a flesh well, <laughs> earthly well that she was drawing from, and a spiritual well came to sit with her. And showing that that was the best, this is the perfect arrangement to preach well, <laughs> to preach stoniness. And that was the visitation of that hour. So, you know, the, he says, How is it that thou asked? Verse 9 says, Then said the woman of Samaria unto him, how is it that thou, being a Jew, accept drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knowest the gift of God, and who it is that says to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked him of him, and he would have given thee living water, not the water from this your flesh well. I am also a well, I can give you living water. So, this is the expo, the key to becoming a stone in Zion is drinking living waters. That's it. Yes. I'll say that again. The key to becoming a stone in Zion is drinking living waters. Verse 11, the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Verse 12 now says, Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, yes he is, <laughs> and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Verse 13 says, Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water, so now Jesus is not comparing the wells properly. If you drink of this well that you are drinking from, you will test again. That was meaning that well cannot really make you stony. Stony means you won't test again. You don't need again. You don't want again. Verse 14 now says, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never test. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, meaning it will become a stone. Then a well of water springing up. It means there's a process that springs up unto what? That everlasting life is precious there. Everlasting life is the precious life. Everlasting life is the precious cornerstone. Eternal life is sure foundation. And so for those of us who are not aware of that distinction, we just leave it like that. Just hold it in your head. I want to go into because it takes a lot to go into the difference. One, we, uh, our daddy has been teaching it a lot. One is called inheritance. One is called reward. 
one you'd hunger and test for, meaning walk for, labor for. The other one is a, a gift, reward. So what does inheritance mean? It means that you, 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 by every knowledge of God you are receiving, you are receiving inheritance. Yes. And then the last one is a gift that is given unto them who have done good works. Inheritance is thoroughly furnished. Reward comes to those who have done good works, which is the inheritance, the process of the inheriting. We'll just leave it like that. Amen. But for the purpose of today's message, what I am saying is that when he says, For I lay in Zion for a foundation is stone, he's saying that come and withdraw the water from my stoniness inside my stone for you to become a stone yourself. That's what you're saying to the woman. I will give you living waters. Now, continue drawing from my well. It will continue to process. It will continue to process. It will con- that process, it will continue to spring up. It will continue to spring up. That's verse 14. It will continue to spring up. Now, a, a springing well is a trite stone. <laughs> yes. It's a trite stone means you don't just have water, but the water is becoming abundant because you are facing trials. Oh, I don't know if I'm communicating. You are facing contradictions, amen, to the water of life that you are holding. You are facing contradictions to the life that the water is communicating to you. And so you will need more water. Oh my God. To overcome the stone of stumbling. To overcome the contradictions. Now, every Christ is disallowed of men. Men don't like Christ. I'm speaking from experience. As I become coming Christ, so men don't like me. <laughs> they don't say, I oh, am too spiritual. My own is too much. Too excessive. Every Christ is disallowed of men. You will face contradictions. Jesus faced contradictions. He who suffered great contradictions of sinners. He will face so many contradictions. Even, even in where you are living, maybe you are living with roommates, they say, What is your own? Your own is too much. I remember last year, somebody asked that question. You know, about dealing with people, not wanting to share, sharing this light with people. Do you get me? They will start getting offended because of the contradiction. Your life is changing. And as they are getting offended, you too, you now be having double thoughts. Ah, uh-uh, is this really. Why is everybody now having, it's not the same, my relationship with many people are not the same again. It also affects whether you want to continue or not. That's what we call trial. Tried stone. And do you know what you, you would take to overcome that trial? More waters. That's why it's springing up. So the lady who asked that question that day, we brought waters to her. That brought clarity to the question. That will now help her resolve the doubt in her heart concerning the contradictions she's facing at home. Or wherever she was facing it. So it means that to become a stone will take waters. To become a tried stone, 
is that you are now facing contradictions, but you will take more waters. The springing up of more waters. Meaning, you see your life? Are you seeing your life? You will hear and hear and hear and hear. You will hear and hear and hear and hear. Even when you have heard and you become a stone and you have Christ and you know Christ, you will need to hear more because contradictions will come and the new hearing, the new hearing, the new waters are to challenge war against those contradictions. As Colossians chapter 2, we've read a lot, we see, verse, seven, verse 8, not so. It says, but not, not after Christ. Right? But not after Christ. What are those other things that are not after Christ? They call traditions of men, rudiments of this world, uh, philosophies, not so. Uh, uh, those things are not after Christ. It means those things are contradictions that will come. And they come in, they have guises that they come in. I'll just read that quickly. Let's read it quickly. Colossians 2, I think, verse 8. Verse 7 and 8 says it because as ye have been taught, it's teaching, teaching, teaching that will root you, teaching that will build you up, teaching that will establish you, and that process of being built up, you'll be facing contradictions. You'll be facing trials, which is verse 8. Help me read this, sir, if you're there. Beware, lest any man spoil you yes. with philosophies and vain deceit. Yes. After the tradition of men. Yes. After the rudiments of this world. Rudiments of this and world. Not and not after Christ. So you must continue Christ. The reason for the contradiction is to make you to pay adventure, you stop your Christ. The reason for the contradiction is to make you by adventure, you kill your Christ. That's the reason why they are trying to draw you with contradictions. And with called trials. Your Christ is being tried. You are, it really comes back down to this game. Should I keep the Christ? Should I keep on hearing or should I stop? The, all the reason for the noise, all the reason for the trials, all the reason for the contradictions, all the reason for the challenges, all the reason for the doubts, all the reason for the double-mindedness is to get you to potentially come to a conclusion that let me stop this my Christ. Let me stop this my hearing. Let me stop this my journey. Let me stop this my sojourning unto God. That's all they are after. If you know that, you can overcome them. Make oath. Make covenant with this part. Let agreement happen in your heart right now. If you are hearing me, the sound of my voice, you are hearing me right now, begin to make agreement in your heart. That this is my part. This is my election. This is my calling. Do everything to make your election and calling sure. This is it. Stone. Tried stone. Precious cornerstone. Sure foundation. Do everything. Make the... Change. Make the agreement right now in your heart. Make that, that commitment to journey. That commitment to waters. That commitment to hearing of waters. Living waters. Make it right now. Because everything your enemy is after is to make you double-minded. Is to make you doubt your calling. Is to make you double-minded. To make you doubt your calling. To make you think that maybe I should not continue in this direction. Maybe I should stop this my hearing. Maybe I should stop this my Christ. Maybe I should stop this my receiving of living waters. Maybe I should go a different direction in my, in my philosophy. In my doctrine. No, there is no other calling. There is no other direction. There is no other profession than our great high priest. Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the calling. This is the life. This is the path. And that's the process of the trying of the stone. So it's from water to water. As it's from stone to stone. And so now. Amen. 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 I like to zero in on the, the key. 
you cannot make yourself a stone. It's the waters you have that makes you a stone. So what you can control is that here waters. By virtue of those waters being in you, those waters need to stay in a stone, otherwise they will not stay. So it means the waters, they have powers to turn your soul to a stone, to house it. The waters have powers. Hi, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if I'm complicated. How many of those know that the liquid metal, there's liquid that if it, when it dries up, it becomes solid. There's some elements in these waters we are talking about that is metal. It's called rod of iron. There's a, you know, there's a rod of iron dimension to Christ, to God. Iron is liquid. It can be liquid. It can come to you as liquid. The waters can form a metal. It's a solid inside you. A solid shell. A solid covering for itself. So what you cannot control. Oh, am I a stone? Am I a try to? You can't control that. But you can control living waters. It's living waters for living stones. So let's zero in on what our focus is. Our focus is the living waters. And as we have zeroed in on the living waters, the process of becoming Christ, the process of hearing and becoming Christ, then what will happen is that you'll be becoming a stone. First, a stone. And then a tried stone. And then a precious cornerstone. And then a sure foundation. I think uh, we can end here for today. And there's still many things to be said. I just, you know, introduced it. But this, there's still many waters that will need to be communicated to us this year. For us becoming these stones. These stones that the Lord will have us become this year. I see many of us becoming tried stones. Even right now, I see us, many of us entering into the season of tried stones. Uh, I see I, I, it's one of, my, one, one, of my, one of my desires for this year. At the end of the year, I will be seeing precious color stones amongst us. I will be seeing our preciousness. You will become precious. I pray for you today. If you ever wanted to have a vision for 2021, if you ever wanted to have a resolution for 2021, God, Father, make me precious this year. Make me precious this year. Oh, can we begin to pray? Matali, Keya, Kalia, every process that needs to occur, every message I need to hear, every waters I need to receive. Magali, Gazie, Vedeli, Gada, Makala, Rados, Iveli, Gada, Vada, Higeria, Azabala, Tadadius, Eveli Gabadi, Jevedia, Eveli Gabadi, Jevedia, Eveli Gabragadiosihi, Eveli Gabragadiosihi, Eveli Brigada Badiosihi, Mandali, Bragadiosihi, Mekali Gabragadiosihi, make me precious make me precious make me precious make me a precious color stone make me this year do the processes accelerate the processes bring the furnishing bring the furnishing bring the furnishing bring the trials bring the stoniness bring the waters bring every equipment to make me precious i want to be a precious color stone in 2021 help me this is if you ever had a prayer point for this year come on pray this prayer for your Yourself. Pray this prayer for yourself. Father, make me precious. I want to end up being a precious 
precious in your sight, a precious cornerstone, a precious cornerstone, a precious, 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 precious. Make me precious in 2021. Make me a precious stone in 2021. Every investment that heaven needs to make for me to be conformed. Every investment that heaven needs to make for me to be transformed. Every investment that heaven needs to make for me to be turned around, for me to be converted, for me to be made, for me to be processed, for me to come out in the manufacturing of stones. Make me precious. Do it for me, Father. I beg you in the name of Jesus, show me so great mercy. Show us so much mercy. Show us so much mercy. Show us so much mercy in the house to be made precious, to be made precious, to be made precious, and to be made precious in the mighty name of Jesus. We are prayed. Amen. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for today. We give you praise for this meeting. Uh, all glory be unto your holy name. All adoration be unto you. Father, as we go into the week, I pray for coughing upon all your people, uh, this family that you brought us into. Father, I pray that you will supply. You will supply all our needs this week according to your riches and glory. You will protect us. You will cover us with your wings. You cover us under your feathers. You are, your truth shall be our shield and buckler. Father, you will remind us of these things. You will help us to listen more even this week. Help us to direct us, instruct us on messages, things, the scriptures that we need to read for this week. Our daily bread. Give us our daily bread this week. Every this coming week. Everything, every bread that we need going forward until we meet again. Until we meet again. Father, every word, every scripture we need to go and visit. Every message we need to go and connect to. Every worship song, every worship, every prayer we need to pray. Father, begin. I commit us all into the hands of your grace, into the hands of the Holy Ghost in this new way. Go and prosper. Go and do well. Go and excel. Let the Lord go with you. The Lord will begin to furnish you this way. The Lord will visit you. I say the Lord will bless you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will bless you. The Lord will bless and keep you. The Lord will be gracious unto you. He cause his face to shine unto you. I say he will lift up his countenance unto you. There's someone online. You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim